Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Plus, you get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monogram. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 13 Sunday Scaries Pod, brought to you by our friends at Indochino, ShipStation, and Harry's. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, tough day of football for us. Tough day. The 49ers lost. Um, my bets didn't go so great. I know yours were pretty awful, so mm. tough Sunday for us. Yeah, um, really rub it in there, but yeah, I think... We haven't had many uh, Sundays, knock on wood, where the 49ers have lost. So it, I feel like they, they hit extra hard right now. Well, this was the first Sunday they lost because their prior loss was on Monday night to Seattle. So this is the first time we're doing the Sunday scaries following 
49ers loss. We'll talk about the game more in a little bit, but this is a tough loss um, to a good Baltimore team, but it felt like the 49ers kind of gave it away. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. We'll get into it in a little bit. Um, in terms of Sunday's scariest moment, off the top here, Tyler, besides having to wait another year uh, to get your favorite Thanksgiving side, what's your what's your Sunday scariest moment? So my Sunday scariest moment is for <clears throat> I went through the list of teams before we started the podcast and wrote down the coaches who I think will get fired after the season. All I'll I'll let you guess. How many coaches do you think I have on this list first? Um <laughs> uh you're probably so excited. It's, <laughs> I imagine this is how you were dealing with 49ers loss. Um with some some passion project of yours. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say 7. Very close. I have eight. So Woo! a quarter of the league, <laughs> and obviously Jay Gurdon has already been fired with the Redskins, so couldn't include him. But I had eight other coaches. All these coaches' teams lost this weekend. I'll run through the list quickly. Adam Gase, Doug Marone, Anthony Lynn, Jason Garrett, Pat Shermer, Matt Patricia, Ron Rivera, Dan Quinn. So very rough weekend for the guys who I think will be fired at the end of the year or let go. Adam Gase maybe will come back because he's only been there one year. But the way they lost today and if they lose, if they keep losing to end the season, I know they had that nice little winning streak there. But if they end the season bad, it seems like just the team doesn't really like playing for him. There's like a lot of bad juju around him. So I see him getting ousted. And on this list, I think Doug Marone is the next guy to go. The Jacksonville just got embarrassed today by Tampa. Mm-hmm. What happened to Nick Foles? I feel like this year we've just kind of stayed away from betting on any Jags games because of kind of what happened last year. Anytime we faded Nick Foles, it seemed like he was a bit of a wizard and he would find ways to to burn us all the time, um, specifically on that Eagles playoff run they had from a couple years back and even last year when they knocked off the Bears in the playoffs. Why haven't we been hammering the teams the Jags have been playing? Since their little Minshew magic from like week five or six, they've been a miserable team. I think he's a shoo-in to get canned. And kind of crazy because just a couple years ago, they were up in the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles and oh, how things change. Definitely. And this is not just Doug Marone who's probably going to get fired. I don't know if Tom Coughlin or whoever, you know, in the front office, they're going to really clean house because... Like you said, Nick Foles has been bad. I know he's hurt, but he hasn't played great since coming back. And it's kind of what we saw with Nick Foles when he wasn't with the Eagles. He was on the Rams for a little bit. He really struggled. He's contemplating retiring, went back to the Eagles and had the success. But his career outside of Philadelphia, he has not been good. And they gave him a lot of money in the offseason. So I think heads are going to roll there. The only game I can remember betting when Jacksonville played was against them when they played... um, Houston and London. Other than that, I haven't touched it, but I agree with you. There, this is a team that's cratering, and when we did one of the preview pods before the season, I had Doug Marone as my first coach fired. That hasn't come true, but I think he's going to be the second guy. That team is disappointing. This, Like you said, a season and a half ago, they're playing in the AFC Championship game. Now they're one of the worst teams in the league, and this is a team that wants to win now. They're not a rebuilding team, so I think he's gone, but Sunday scariest for all those guys. I had, like you said, this was a passion project. I had enjoyment going through this list and writing down these names. So you're I, sick. <laughs> I think Doug Marone is gone. Families, children relying on them. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Pat Shermer will be. Did, did you shortly. have Anthony Lynn on your list? I did. He was third. Okay. Um, he, he's a, he's a sure, surefire lock to be fired. Did you did you watch how they lost that game versus uh, the Broncos tonight? I, I okay. did. It it's it was the most. It's the most typical Chargers game. They've lost every game this year by a touchdown or less. So they're in all these games. <laughs> they just don't know how to finish, and it was so perfect where they had the fourth and one a little before the two minute warning so they could decide to go for it or punt and try to get the ball back they decide to go for it and they have two false starts in a row so they have fourth and 11 and then they incredible catch right by mike williams yeah the hail mary down the field sets them up for the field goal looks like it's gonna go to overtime then they commit a pass interference sets up the broncos for a game winner so it's rinse and repeat with the chargers um it's the same thing every sunday with people tweeting out the russ cole gift from a true detective times a flat circle philip rivers in these type of games so it's hilarious anthony lynn will be gone pat Shermer will be gone soon too with the giants they're terrible but what's your uh sunday scariest moment yeah, my Sunday scariest moment was for any betters who had the under in the Chiefs Raiders game. I don't know, Tyler, if you saw how that ended, but the total closed in on some books at forty eight and a half, and the this game was over. Uh, we're we're gonna get into the actual details of the game in a little bit, but the Raiders were driving. They were down thirty eight to three. They scored a garbage time touchdown with thirty nine seconds left. They made it thirty eight to nine. So the total was at uh forty seven. And then again, if you're an under better, all you need is them to make the extra point and that's it. Chiefs block the extra point. Charvarius Ward returns it to the house for two points total and the game ends at uh forty to nine. Uh Chiefs win and just an all time, just brutal, brutal beat. Even if you had forty nine and and the under, um again, just even to have to push at that point brutal absolute absolutely brutal loss and uh yeah thoughts and prayers to anyone who had that bet on their on their card today yeah that's terrible the game was over like you said and i was thinking about the 49ers cardinals bad baby t- talked about a couple weeks ago <clears throat> with the fumble uh defensive touchdown at the end of the game but i mean you see that happen time to time where the defense gets that garbage time touchdown at the end that happens somewhat frequently but this scenario playing this is out. worse. <laughs> this is worse. <clears throat> the like block it's it's in the bag. Yeah, it's in the bag at that point. Yeah, so that that's a brutal beat uh, for anyone who had the under. Because um, like we said, you never see a blocked extra point return for two. Like in that scenario, <laughs> you you don't even know what like what happens, and you know because I don't I mean, think it's ever happens on an extra I, point. I mean, I'm sure it has. I, I I can't recall another situation, but I think the biggest thing is like you're thinking, oh, maybe the Raiders go for two just to get the practice. Like, and then as soon as you see the extra point team going out there, you're like, oh yes, I'm safe. And then to have the Chiefs uh, return that is just absolutely brutal. Um, but I mean, I'm just kind of proud of myself, honestly. That I was I was staring at a live line when the Chargers were down fourteen nothing. Ice cold today. Uh, hit my first bet of the day on the Eagles' first half. Besides that, just absolutely ice cold. I was like, the Chargers, these are the kind of weird games they maybe come back and win. 
It's over. I'm just proud of myself, Tyler. I'm gonna pat myself on the back here. I was I was above the Chargers. I said I would be, and I stuck to my guns. I didn't take it, and thank God I didn't, because otherwise, uh, my, my grandpa Billy's bum of the week would have easily been. I think it was Jason Ver- or someone, so whoever the uh, Chargers cornerback was who got the uh, pi on the hail mary from the Broncos. Yeah, it was a rough day for you, so thoughts and prayers out to you. Really uh, feeling bad for you over here. <clears throat> um, but let's uh, move on. Well, yeah, we don't need your pity party. Let's let's recap these Thanksgiving games real quick. Um, Tyler, the Bears, we tweeted out about how we were feeling real good about them. And David Blau, he, he put some nice stats together. 22 of 38, 280 yards, two touchdowns. The Bears were down 17 to 10 the end of the first half but hey give your boy mitchell credit he actually played well he threw for 338 three touchdowns and the bears get the job done they're six and six they still have slim chance to make the playoffs but nevertheless they keep their hopes alive and the lions just continue being dreadful and what do we have to do to get the lines off of thanksgiving I know, like I tweeted out, is there anything sadder than being a Lions fan and then playing on Thanksgiving every year? Because they're always terrible and you're forced to watch the game and I feel like they usually lose, so it really ruins your Thanksgiving early. It's just so boring. We had this game last year, Bears-Lions, and it was boring as well, so I don't know. I mean, David Blau, like you said, did play well. On a short week when he didn't think he was going to play, it's pretty impressive how... Well, he did. And, you know, the Bears are still alive. They're 6-6. Six and six. They play the Cowboys on Thursday night in Chicago, so that feels like a game. If they lose, they're done. So they're hanging around. Um, but, yeah, I'm just so tired of seeing the Lions on just prime time, and especially Thanksgiving. Just can we get, like, a good game? I was thinking about this. Can you remember in our lifetime a notable Thanksgiving game? Um. No, I feel like we had maybe Cowboys Vikings a couple of years back. That was decent. Um, but no, I think when the Lions, the 12 o'clock game has never been a good game. It's just about even years where Lions were kind of feisty and maybe a wild card team. It's never been an interesting game. No, and especially this year with them on their third string quarterback. And like I said a little earlier, Matt Patricia, he's on my list of guys who are going to get fired. This team. Oh, my God. This team started off the year somewhat competitively, and they look like they're going to be a decent team, and they've completely fall off, fall off the cliff. They're 3-8-1. I think they're going to start to quit on him down the stretch. So Detroit just stays in the same cycle of being like, okay, maybe having a 9-7 and seven year and then being bad again. They're, you know, They made some progress at the beginning of the decade with Jim Schwartz, and they had Stafford and Calvin Johnson, but they never really got anywhere. Now it seems like... They might be back to square one, and maybe you know they're paying Stafford a lot. Is he worth it at this point? I don't know, but they're just the same team every year, and they're never going to break the cycle of mediocrity to being really bad. But let's move on to the other Thanksgiving game, or one of the other Thanksgiving games. Bills-Cowboys, the only favorite who didn't win in cover on Thanksgiving. Bills won 26-15, and despite the records going in, everyone was on the Cowboys, and... This was the Bills' kind of first primetime national game, and they really showed up. Statement victory for the uh, Buffalo Bills. They circled the wagons. They were six-point dogs in this one. And we we both liked the Cowboys. I 
I tweeted out, I felt great about my Thanksgiving Day teaser of the Bears and Cowboys. Didn't see where it was going to go wrong, but I said how around 6 p.m., as my food coma was setting in, I could see Josh Allen ruining this, and I was spot on. Josh Allen, 19-24, to 231 yards, a touchdown. He also ran for 40 yards and a touchdown. Frank Gore, our boy, nine carries, 11 yards, still gritty, still kicking. Um, but if if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, it, this it's the same old story, really. Uh, the NFC East is an absolute dumpster fire. The Cowboys stink. They're so talented, but this team can't put anything together. I mean, they, they gave up 23 unanswered at home on Thanksgiving to the Bills. That's absolutely pathetic. Um, but, I mean, we've kind of beat the Cowboys to a, a pulp here. We... They're incredibly talented. They underachieve. Jason Garrett's a terrible coach. It's kind of, again, we're, we're in on Groundhog's Day when it comes to them. On the other side of the ball, let's give the Bills some credit here. This is their ninth win. They're 9-3. and three. Um, And if, I mean, so there's a world tonight where Sunday Night Football is kicking off now. There's a chance the Texans could lose, to, or the Texans could beat the Pats tonight. Then the Bills would still only find themselves one game out. Um, so they're they're hanging around. They're going to make the playoffs. And if you're a Bills fan, you've got to be thrilled. This team's defense is legit. Um, they they pressured Dak. They had four sacks in this game, uh, seven tackles for loss. And, I mean, they kind of kept Zeke in check. He he only he rushed for 71 yards. He had about another 60 yards of receiving, but again, only 15 points at home to one of the best offenses in the league. So the Bills cover and win outright. So the the, the Buffalo Bills circle in the wagon, Tyler. Yeah, I think Josh Allen deserves a lot of credit as well. He played very efficient and didn't make any mistakes. 19 and 24, 231 yards, a touchdown. No picks. He had 43 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown as well. And he continues to improve in his sophomore year, uh, get better, not uh, giving the ball away as much. Since the Patriots game, he's only thrown two interceptions. So that's a huge improvement for him in this offense. And <clears throat> I think we just need some kind of like formula for when betting on the NFL. And the Cowboys are like the perfect example of going into this game on paper the Cowboys are so much more talented and they should win but then we have to factor things like the coach uh, who makes less mistakes less drama around the team kind of factor that in that would have pointed us to the Bills in this game we've been on the Bills all year really as kind of our second favorite team and this was a spot where they're getting disrespected. They're the better coach team, more disciplined. They don't have the stupid off-the-field stuff with, you know, Jerry Jones, the Dak contract, Zeke, all that. We should have really thought about that when uh, betting on this game and picking the, uh, the Cowboys in our spread pool. So, uh, like we said, a huge win for the Bills. This kind of solidifies their spot in the AFC playoffs. And like you said, they're still hanging around. And the Cowboys... Um, I mean, they can win the NFC East, but they suck. And Jason Garrett, I think, really continues to hold down the potential of this team. And so does Jerry Jones with kind of all the headlines he creates. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield? Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen looked great on Thursday. I think there are games you watch where he's missing throws all over the place. And this was just not that his completion percentage on the year, I think is a little too low, only 61.5%, but 19 to 24 is no joke on the road. I was very impressed by the bills. They took care of business. They busted my teaser and 
a lot of Americas, I'd have to imagine as well. Saints Falcons, nothing really notable to talk about there. We were exhausted from being in AC the night before. Shout out to B Lashes and Darren, friends of the pod. Um, yeah, we I think we fell asleep with maybe midway through the fourth. The Falcons tried to make this a game, but again, they're the Atlanta Falcons. They'll never pull f- through for you when you actually need them. So the Saints covered in. Now, Tyler, should we get to the heartbreak that was today's loss for the San Francisco 49ers? Let's do it. Okay. Um, So the Niners were disrespected, in my opinion, by Vegas going into this one. They're five-and-a-half-point road road dogs. It got up to six in some places, I believe. Um, But, I mean, you got to give Lamar Jackson some credit. The first half, he looked incredible, and I actually was very nervous that I was like, oh, my God, ha- can anyone stop the Ravens' offense? Finally, the 49ers' defensive line figured out that we should stop tackling the running back and just contain Lamar Jackson, so they had some more success in the second half. And, I mean, 49ers went down 17-14. Um they're driving late in the first half. They got the ball up to about the 40-yard line, and for for whatever reason, with about two timeouts left and 50 seconds on the game clock to go, they milked about 20 seconds of the clock. Makes no sense to me. I think part of the rationale had to be that they definitely didn't want to let Lamar get the ball back, but you have to keep your foot on the gas pedal. On the road versus one of the best teams in the NFL, you have to play to win the game, not play to not lose the game. Ultimately, Robbie Gold ends up missing a field goal in brutal conditions. And then the second half, Tyler, the 49ers just didn't take advantage of their chances. Uh, They had a few uh, fourth and shorts, third and shorts, and um, they didn't stick to the run. They kind of abandoned it. So I'm putting the L on this one on Kyle Shanahan's head. Uh, This was a winnable game. It's not the end of the world that they lost ultimately we said going into this road trip 49ers could be two and one we'd be thrilled with this being the, the game they could easily lose the most and have the fewest ramifications for the nfc playoff picture but sitting here right now and the way that game went down it was a very frustrating loss because it really was right there for the taking yeah and as you said in the first half it felt like Lamar was just going to be unstoppable and they had no answer for him but they made great adjustments in the second half they stopped committing so hard to the running back on that option because you know they always there's always going to be a linebacker behind the defensive line to stop the running back so it made no sense in the first half to have the defense alignment committing so hard to the running back Lamar's the bigger threat than Mark Ingram in those situations if Mark Ingram's going to be you so be it but I agree with you the clock management at the end of the first half was really questionable I get Shanahan's point you don't want to give the ball back to them but there's also a point where your defense is the best second best in the NFL like you have to have confidence that if the offense can't get it done and you leave a little time on the clock for the Ravens, but you're going to pin them back. You have to have confidence that your defense can get that stop when needed. So I don't understand why they burn so much time. I have the play-by-play up on ESPN. So they ran a play with a minute 20, eight-yard completion. The next play they snapped ended with 29 seconds left in the half. So that's critical time, and Robbie Gold misses a 50-yard field goal. 
I mean, he's coming back from an injury, and in those conditions, there could be no expectation he's going to hit that. And there's on a fourth and one, so you figured if they have more time on the clock, they're just going to go for it at that point. The way they were running the ball, Ravens couldn't really stop them, and they would have been able to get closer, maybe a touchdown, at least three, and go into the half tied. And then in the second half, they only had three possessions, which is crazy. Um, they had the long drive where they get the field goal. It felt like they had a bad play call. Um, with the, the Kittle, Jordan. the Kittle reverse, I think killed that whole drive. Yeah, I mean that was bad. It's hard to nitpick every play call, but that wasn't great. And then the fourth down at the end of the game, their last offensive play they ran. Shanahan said after the game, you know, someone asked why they didn't run. He said the look the Ravens were giving them wasn't great for a run play, so they're doing pass. I don't know. In that scenario, you're running the ball so well. Jimmy G's really good at the QB sneak, like to get one yard. I think you have to leave it up to the offensive line and George Kittle, especially, you know, blocking wise to just get that push and be able to get a yard and keep the drive going. So that was frustrating. They decided to do a pass in those conditions. But like we said, this was the game I guess they could afford to lose, but not really because if Seattle wins tonight or tomorrow, takes care of business at home on monday night which they've done time after time they're the fifth seed in the nfc so every game is important yeah the it's it is a bad situation right now with how stacked the nfc is um so for niners next week in new orleans in the dome kind of a must win um it is a must win yeah because you do not you just don't want to be that fifth seed i mean ultimately you'll you would get a road game um versus the winner of the nfc east but 49ers at the end of the day if they are fifth seed it would be disappointing given the the start they got but this team the 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 formula is going to travel i'm confident that this team can go anywhere and play with any team in the nfl but i i want the home games i do not want to have to go into seattle at some point but they're going to have to go in there the last week of the season and beat them. So we'll see what happens. But the 49ers do cover. And it was the second half was bizarre. It was just like a, a few long possessions by each team. And I mean, the 40, the rain was a factor, of course. But I kind of felt like it affected both teams in a similar fashion in the sense that the 49ers Ravens have this well-known, obviously, rushing attack. They've been destroying everyone. The 49ers are the second-best rushing team in the NFL, and these teams, looking at the stats here, the 49ers outgained the Ravens by almost 50 yards. Um, the rushing numbers were pretty even. So I think all in all, the, the rain was a wash. If anything, it had the biggest effect on special teams and the field goal kicking. But so... Brutal loss uh, for the Niners. I think it was it was right there for the taking. Uh, they let it slip through their fingers a little bit, but again, credit the Ravens eight in a row for them. But uh, hopefully, hopefully we get a rematch and a less uh, disappointing ending. Yeah, and I think you have to give credit to Justin Tucker. He absolutely nailed that game-winning field goal. It's around <clears throat> forty-nine, fifty yards, and there's really no doubt it was going in. I mean. The way that sequence was playing out, they got a first down. 49ers didn't have any timeouts left, so they could run out the clock. And, you know, they're still trying to advance the ball. And the 49ers were knocking them back, you know, making it a tougher field goal. I was like, there's a chance he misses this. Like, the conditions are terrible. You know, bad snap. Like, something can easily happen. And he just kicked it directly right through the middle, like, no doubt. So 
in a year and an era where it feels like you can't get a reliable kicker, he's still absolute money and he's he's incredible, Justin Tucker. And Lamar, he played well. His passing wasn't great, but I think that's more so the conditions that they're playing in. He's such a threat running. He had over 100 rush yards. But I do have skepticism, assuming they play the Patriots again, because the way the 49er game played out in the first half, they couldn't really stop him. Second half, they started to get more confidence and figure out what to do. Like, they play New England again. Is he really going to destroy that defense twice in one year? Like, same thing would happen last year with the Chargers. Yeah, that's that was part of my mindset as I was watching this 49er game. I was like, well, at least we're uh, getting practice against Lamar in the case that the 49ers play the Ravens in the Super Bowl. And it kind of felt like the 49ers had the – they laid the foundation uh, for a plan for holding Lamar, at least just limiting him as much as you can in the second half. I think you just have to key on the running back. Like, just don't – Key on Lamar, I mean, on the run pass option, let the running back run for four or five yards of carry. Just don't let Lamar kill you. Obviously, the passing, it's totally different in, in a rainy situation like that, but they don't, I think you just have to key on Lamar and Mark Andrews and like kind of hope for the best because none of their wide receivers scare you at all. No, it's it's something to keep an eye on. I mean, if they're playing at home in Baltimore, they're going to be a super tough out and Really, only the Patriots, I would say, in the AFC have a defense that can match up with him. I don't think the Chiefs defensively will be able to, but just something to keep an eye on. And it was a great game, like everyone was saying, you know, Super Bowl-type atmosphere. This could be a rematch. I'd be ecstatic if the 49ers were in the Super Bowl, and hopefully um, the result's better. But let's move on to one more game we want to talk about. Before we take a break, Raiders-Chiefs, we were both on the Raiders. <laughs> is around plus 10.5, plus 11. I thought they had a legitimate chance of winning this game, so I'm glad I didn't take it as a lock of the week or anything. They got blown out 40-9. to We talked about the bad beat earlier. Um, and the Raiders team two weeks ago that had so so much momentum, only a game out of the Chiefs. They're going to make the playoffs, maybe win the division. That seems like a year ago. They've got embarrassed the last two weeks. Derek Carr has really played poor the last two weeks. Threw two picks today is final box scores misleading he played a lot worse i think that was a lot of garbage time so they played terrible the chiefs defense stepped up today and i feel like the chiefs are you know flying under the radar they're where are they right now in the standings they're, they're the, three... the third depending on what happens with this texans game yeah they're the third seed um i think they end up there i don't think the texans are gonna beat the patriots and i'm sure they'll drop another game so i think the chiefs end up in the third spot and if they could just get Mahomes healthy for the playoffs and have all their playmakers there, I mean, no one's going to want to play They're them. That offense, that offense is capable of putting up 40 points any week. And it was versus the Raiders, who are kind of hot and cold team, but the defense did play better today. So if that, they could grow some confidence, I mean, this was a team a lot of people thought were going to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs defense has been better past couple of weeks. Um, they, I mean, they're able to force three turnovers today Two, one interception for a touchdown, another just bad dark car interception. And then they also, they were down 14, nothing or sorry, they're down seven, nothing. The Raiders, they got the ball and their kickoff returner 
essentially gets tackled, runs into his own guy. He fumbles, Chiefs recover. They ultimately didn't end up giving up any points on that, but this this Raiders team just did not come ready to play at all. Three turnovers, 12 penalties for 99 yards. Chiefs, on the other hand, had none. Um, so, I, I yeah, I really thought the Raiders were going to bounce back after being embarrassed last week versus the Jets and maybe a little bit of a look-ahead spot. Nobody came to play, really, except Josh Jacobs played well. He had 17 carries, 104 yards. Darren Waller, he continues to be consistent, but a lot of that in garbage time. And I agree with what you're saying. The Chiefs are very under the radar right now. There was them and the Patriots as the top two in the AFC coming into the year. Mahomes had the, the injury and kind of the scare that he was going to be out for longer. And I think we, we got off the scent of the Chiefs. I think they dropped to 6-4 and four and... People, we kind of we kind of all wrote them off, myself included. Um, but I'm I'm curious to know what the Chiefs. They probably have some pretty interesting uh, futures odds for getting out of the AFC at this point. And the thing is, like, they can score with anyone, and we're seeing it more and more in a lot of these NFL games. A lot of them are end up, end up being shootouts. So even versus a team like the Patriots, can the Chiefs just? score 28 points and can the Patriots match that I don't know we haven't really seen that from them uh this year so I still think the Chiefs are a team to watch out for and they just covered easily cakewalk here yeah we'll we'll see next week they play at New England so that's going to be a huge game for them and if they win that then people will start to take notice so maybe if we want to look into that bet we'll have to do it before uh that game takes place but and there was one thing. Oh, the Raiders—they're down thirty-one to nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, fourth they down. The field goal. And they kicked the field goal. What the hell are you doing, John Gruden? It was fourth and eleven. But like, who cares? You're you're getting killed in the game anyway. Just go for it. What what difference does it make? That team is falling apart fast. They play um they play Tennessee at home next week, so that's a game they have to have. But there was a lot of excitement a couple weeks ago for the Raiders, but it feels like that's all over and. They're kind of slowly regressing, and Derek Carr is getting back into the conversation. Like, is he going to be the quarterback next year moving forward? Yeah, we shall see. Um, Let's take a quick break, have a word from a couple of our sponsors, and be back with our uh, Lock of the Week recap. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, getting those products out the door, and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that they're usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers, You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a free 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. 
Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to the razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middlemen manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century, which means you get incredibly high-quality blades at a factory discount direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. Listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com backslash blue wire. You'll get weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to start shaving better today. Now, Cody, let's move on to our lock of the week recap. Um, it was a rough day for you. And I, I told you on the phone this morning, you were walking into a huge trap. You said the same about my pick Packers minus six and a half, but I didn't see it that way. I was right. You were wrong. What What is your record now? <laughs> I am seven and six. The fact that the Packers won doesn't doesn't not make that game a trap. That, I, that I, you bet that. I don't think it is a trap because the Packers <laughs> were coming off a loss last week, so that this was a bounce back spot and a game they have to have in the NFC North playoff picture. The Jets, granted, I proclaimed a month ago they could make the playoffs, but. Um, they have nothing to play for, and Cincinnati has everything to play for at this point. They don't want to go defeated. Andy Dalton, once <laughs> shunned to the side, is coming. He came back today, so that was a foolish pick by you. And I told you <laughs> shut, to face. Shut, up, shut up, Tyler. <laughs> I don't. I don't need your shit after your like four win uh, lock of the week season in 2018. Let's not forget that. Um, but sound yeah. like a, sound like a Yankees fan saying we have 27 rings. Yeah, check check my fucking jewelry box. Um, yeah, so I I'm not gonna lie. I did not watch any of this game because the 49er game was on. Um, it wasn't really on Red Zone. Looking at the stats, I knew I never had a, a chance pretty early. Uh, it was 17-6 at the half. I was like, mm, maybe. Jets got safetyed early in the third quarter. It was 19-6. And just felt like, again, the Jets were, were never going to show up and play. Um, the Looking at the team stats, pretty even here. Um, no turnovers for either side. But the Jets had 10 penalties for 106 yards, where the Bengals only had two for 15. So clearly... Jets came out there sloppy. Andy Dalton uh, proving just trying to get a contract for next year for whatever team signs him, whether that's uh, the Bears, maybe the Panthers, who knows. Um, good for Andy Dalton. He gets the win for his club. He screws me here. Um, and I was maybe trying to, you know, we were, we were at a craps table on Wednesday night. We got one heater in there. And this was kind of like, I was at a craps table. Jets were rolling, and they were hot. They hit a couple numbers. Now, 
I've got all my numbers. I got six, eight, ten, five, and and instead of just taking my chips and cashing them, I'm asking the dealer, yeah, press them, press them. And then this is what happened to me. The Bengals come on, Jets roll seven, crap out, and that was that. It was tough, and I know you're feeling a little sensitive, so I don't want to upset you when I say this, but let's just make a note uh, for moving forward. <laughs> let's never take yeah. a uh, a 4-7 and seven team as a road favorite. Just I'm not trying to insult you, but let's just make a note of that um, <laughs> as we move forward. But yeah, like you said, you're pressing your luck with the Jets. They, they came through for us last week as our lock of the week versus the Raiders. <laughs> And they they played great last week, but the Jets just came down to earth today. And the way the game started, I just knew it was going poorly for you. I did bet on the Jets, but I are who we thought they were. Yeah, it was they scored they scored a field goal first, but then Bengals went right down the field, and Andy Dalton was throwing like insane passes, insane passes into double coverage. Once that happened, I was like, okay, this this is over. I rode off as an L, and then. I just enjoyed uh, the rest for for your uh, sorrows. Yeah, yeah, no. As long as I can make you happy, Tyler, that's that's all I really care about here. Thank you. And then my lock of the week, like I said, I had the Packers minus six and a half versus the Giants in New York. And this line felt super low. I think what happened last Sunday night. It was first... a tra- it was a trap. I think there was like eighty nine percent of the money was on the Packers. I don't know, but I think this line was low, just given that you know the Packers were eight and three coming to this game, and I think people got discouraged the way they played last week versus the 49ers, and maybe started to question if this team's legit. And it's not even the Packers more so; like the Giants are terrible. They've lost eight. This was their eighth straight loss. I think people got so excited about Daniel Jones, how great he played in one game versus Tampa Bay. It was an awful defense, and people think they're like a competent team they're terrible he threw three picks today um he looked really bad and the giants continue to fall um pat Shermer's going to be fired whether it be during the season or at the end of the year he's going to be gone next year this team sucks daniel jones turns the ball over way too much so i didn't understand the line at all and like i said the packers needed to have this game to keep pace with the Vikings in the NFC North to win the division. So this was a game they had to have. It wasn't a game where, like when I picked them versus the Chargers, where it kind of made sense that they had a, a letdown in that game. But this game was one they had to have, have, had to have after last week's embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And it's no football game at MetLife. And when it was, I mean, early, I think it was, what was it, 7-7 in this one? It was, it was close at first, and I was like, hmm. Maybe maybe the Giants will actually show up, make things interesting in this one. I think Packers were in everyone's teaser today across the universe. It was the ultimate teaser uh, team at six and a half. And they yeah, they just took care of business. Giants defense is atrocious. Um, Daniel Jones has like one nice throw a game where you're like, oh, maybe he has it. And then he does, he just is kind of average the rest of the game. So. They have weapons on on that offense, but until I think they get a good head coach and offensive line in there, it's not really going to matter for the Giants. Exactly, and Rodgers just made some throws today that were unreal. They went for a fourth down. I mean, the game was like kind of close in the third quarter, 17-13. 
the Packers were driving. They had a fourth and ten. It was probably too close to punt, too far to kick a field goal in that weather. They go for it. He's getting pressured, and he kind of doesn't have all his like power behind him with his legs. Just uses pure arm strength, flicks one down the field to Geronimo Allison, and he catches it. And just throws like that are kind of unreal to see Rodgers still make at this point in his career. So that was fun to see. Um, so I moved to nine and four. You're seven and six. Time's running out for you. Um, on this present season, you might have last year over me, but this is this year. This is now, so that's more important. But let's move on to our Grandpa Billy's <laughs> Bum of the Week. I'll let you get started, kid. Okay. Thank you, Tyler. Um, yeah, we still got four weeks to go here, so I'm going to put my model to to good good use <laughs> down the stretch. Um, so my Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week, I'm going to the college ranks, and Ooh. I'm going for former – 49ers head coach Jimmy Harbaugh. Jimmy's been at Michigan for a few years now. Is he ever going to take the next step and beat Ohio State? Well, we're going to maybe never get to know that if he, if he leaves after a season. Michigan hosted Ohio State at home, and they got absolutely walloped, 56-27. to 27. Um, They scored early. It was, it was all going so well for Jimmy. They missed extra point, and then I think Ohio State never really looked back in this one and just like this loss combined with what happened last year at least last year was in columbus they gave up 62 points last year 56 this year tyler that's that is absolutely out of control that is um let's do the math real quick here 118 points now michigan's supposed to be defensive minded smash mouth football that's what jim harbaugh preaches to get destroyed that badly versus your rival is just absolutely pathetic. I think most sports books were praying that Ohio State would cover, uh, or sorry, that Michigan would cover. A lot of the action was on Ohio State. That was not the case. And Tyler, with all the, with your hit list of future coaches to go, I I think this is the last we're going to see of Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. I'm not saying he's not going to coach the bowl game, but I am saying. I think he's either going. I, I think he's going to the Giants at the end of the year. Um, you mentioned the Cowboys. I could see that as well. Um, but I, I think he's kind of worn his welcome at Michigan. They're probably going to win about ten games again this year, which is nothing to snuff at. But they want championships. He hasn't been able to deliver it. He had his chance at the Super Bowl with the 49ers, and I think he's the kind of guy that. If you had to really ask him what's at the top of his pyramid, I think it's winning an NFL Super Bowl more than anything. Um, so I think he gave the Michigan thing a try. It hasn't worked out. Ohio State owns him. Um, so I think he's headed back to the NFL ranks. Well, I think the thing is, you look at it, when they brought in Harbaugh from the 49ers, that was like the that was like the hire for them. That was their guy. He went to Michigan. He's a Michigan guy. That was like their dream and now it hasn't worked out where do they go from here who are they going to hire that's any better like i don't think he gets fired from michigan i think what you said it comes true where he just leaves because he knows he can't beat ohio state so why go through that humiliation every year but if you're a michigan fan a michigan donor like who do you hire because this was the guy when they brought him in there was so much fanfare about it you know so many nice heartwarming stories like i don't know where you go from here um, so they're in a lot of trouble. I mean, kind of how we're Indiana basketball fans. And I think 
we say, oh, we should be competing for national championships. The same thing with like Nebraska football, Miami football. I think Michigan has gotten into that mode where they might just not be that team. They won championships years and years ago, but I don't think they're that team anymore. And they're expecting someone to come in to compete with Ohio State. I just don't think that's realistic. Harbaugh, like you said, might get them to 10 wins again this year. And for a lot of programs, that's a great year. And Michigan doesn't want that. But, like, that might be the reality of who they are now. So I think Michigan needs to do a little reality check as well. But I agree with you. For all the smack talk Harbaugh does and the shots he's taken at Ohio State, like, you need to shut up and win one of these games and not get embarrassed and blown out. So it's just a bad look for him and bad look for the program overall. Yeah, it's it's crazy to give up 118 points for the last two years in this matchup is is brutal. Uh, so they get embarrassed again on Saturday. We'll see what happens. I think I really do think he's leaving. One one of these NFL openings is gonna just write him a blank check to come in and coach the team, and I I think he takes it. Like I think Dallas or the Giants are two very interesting opportunities where you have a great quarterback running back the wide receivers are in place you have some playmakers on the defense side of the ball I, I think he's gonna take it did you say daniel jones is a great quarterback did you lump him in there did i just say great quarterback or i say you have a quarterback you said great i think you meant more so dallas uh when uh, you were talking about I, that but i was I, I, I was i was leading with dallas but tyler did you see that game versus the bucks uh in week three Oh yeah, Daniel Jones. I just talked about it. Um, People, forget. yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Dallas or the Giants would be interesting. Um, him on Dallas would be wild. Just him and Jared Jones interacting. Jared Jones needs more of a yes man. Uh, so I don't know if Harbaugh fits that mold, but I do see the Giants being an intriguing fit. And like we said, just how much longer can you stay at Michigan? This is your biggest rival. Like, just get out of there keep getting embarrassed and ohio state continues to roll and it'll be fun to see them uh get back into the college football playoff you know us big 10 guys we need some representation in there so mm-hmm. glad they glad they could do that but my grandpa billy's bum of the week we like to do kickers a lot um so mine is it's not adam venetari he had a, another horrible game it's the colts because venetari had a terrible game again missed three field goals uh, two were blocked, and the, the second one ended up being the game-winning touchdown for the Titans. But my bum is the Colts. Like, this guy's been terrible all year, and it's been so apparent he doesn't have it anymore. And this is just what happens, especially with kickers, it feels like. They could be great for so many years, and at just some point, it just goes. And Venetari's old, and he's had a great career, but it was apparent from week one and week two that he just didn't have it anymore. And they've kept him around, and it's cost them games, so... I'm putting it more on the Colts. Like you keep putting yourself in a position to rely on this guy, and he just doesn't have it anymore. And the kicks he misses is like, why are you kicking field goals with him from 55 <laughs> yards, 53? The one that got blocked for the game-winning touchdown was 63 yards. What are you doing, Frank? <laughs> and the Colts front office, it's like a joke. Bring someone else in. You know, he's had a great career, but you. You have to have an honest conversation with him and yourself that this isn't working. You need to bring in a different kicker because, like I said, it's cost them games. And now they're 6-6. Six and six. Tennessee's ahead of them. Houston's ahead of them. They might miss the playoffs because of this because they haven't been able to make the tough choice. Football, we always hear, is a business. Like, you should have made a business decision like week three. Now it's week, what is it, 13. And it might be too late and cost you your season. Yep. But... 
Thank you, Adam Vinatieri, because he is single-handedly keeping this Colts team down from hitting their team total over. So I'm appreciative of him for that. This is all going to end in he's going to get cut by the Colts after like next week. Pats are going to scoop him up. He's going to uh, join their team for a nice little playoff run since their kicker situation is in flux, and I'm sure he'll get it all together there. Like that's that's the one way this is all going to end. Probably. And one of my friends, Josh. He's a huge Colts fan, and I feel like every week there's just a text in our group chat, cut Venetari, and it's like every week that message is sent. So, like I said, this has been happening all year, and you could blame Venetari, but at some point you have to blame the team. Why do you keep trotting them out there? It's clearly not working. If the quarterback, if if Bursette was playing terrible, you would make a quarterback change. If T.Y. Hilton was dropping passes every week, you would bench him. Like, why isn't it the same standard for the kicker? He's had a great career, but at some point, you have to move on from him. And I'm sure he would understand. He knows he's doing terrible. So, Colts are my bums of the week. I'm so tired of seeing all the hate towards Venetari. At some point, you have to put that on the Colts because they're the ones putting themselves in this position. Yeah, he's really old, so it kind of is what it is there. Um, But, Tyler, I think that wraps up. I could use these extra minutes to start crunching my model for next week. So this will wrap up our Week 13 uh, Sunday Scaries pod. Follow us on Twitter. uh, Throw us a a five-star review. Um, We we appreciate it. And and buy our merch. Um, So we will be back Thursday morning for the Week 14 Pick'em pod. So until then, Tyler, any final thoughts? Hopefully Kirk Cousin could uh, get it done for us tomorrow night for the 49ers, but I'm not too confident. Need it. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award winning service has a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today.